Every Arizona homeowner's best friend. Come on in, y'all. Shake off the evening. Rise and shine. Put a comb through that bed head. Brush your teeth. Pour your second cup of coffee. Sit down and join us for the conversation right here at Rosie on the House. Grab that hard hat, grab that tool belt, strap it on. Let's get her done today. We're here to talk about anything you'd like to talk about concerning your house, home, castle, or cabin. From the bottom of the foundation to the top of the rooftop, if you've got a question about your house, give us a ring at the toll-free number, one 767 4348 and we'll put our 48 years of building and remodeling Arizona homes to work for you the Arizona homeowner we are every Arizona homeowner's happy place every single Saturday morning in particular today listen to me really really close right now in this hour I want to talk to any of you that have any story to tell about short-term rentals Do you own one? Are you next door to one? Are you down the street from one? Are they surrounding you? Have they infiltrated your neighborhood? We will record this show and we will send it to every elected official so they can hear both sides of the story. I am all about property rights. Don't impinge on my property rights. So if I own a home and it's legal for me to rent it out short-term rental, I should be able to do that. But how about my neighbor to that house? Doesn't he have property rights? Shouldn't he be privileged to the privacy uh, and the security of a neighborhood as opposed to a rental subdivision? I think they have some property rights as well. So there are two sides, three sides, five sides to this story. And the Arizona State Legislature, just a couple years ago, about a year and a half ago, passed some state laws that kind of threw a big, big lasso around the general topic, but really didn't address very much specifically. So if you've got a story about short-term rentals, We'd love for you to call the show this hour, one 767 We won't give your address out. We won't give your name out. We won't. This is completely autonomous. John J. Harper, who was here last hour, was sharing the fact that right in his own cul-de-sac, he's got a short-term rental that hasn't caused him any grief, but the person that lives immediately next door to that short-term rental has some anxieties every once in a while at 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> with the lights and the music still on. And uh, I'll, share you, I'll share you two personal stories. Um, I think I can say this because she's not in town yet. But I have a sister who um, loves coming to stay and uh, brings down, takes down a house big enough for her five kids and all her grandchildren, so they can all stay together. I think that's awesome. But I have to say, when you've got seven or eight grandchildren running around in someone's backyard, in a house that's empty, you know, 20 days a month, um, 
as the next door neighbor, that might drive my anxiety up a little bit. Okay, so it's so it's a little bit louder than normal for a few days. Um, and they're they're always wet. They're they're very well behaved kids. They're just kids, you know. They're running around and playing um, Marco Polo in the pool and and ball tag in the backyard, whatever else. But the long and short of short-term rentals, what an incredible way to uh, make an investment if you're buying in a subdivision or neighborhood or a location that's highly desirable. I mean, you you can cover your monthly mortgage with just a night or two of rent per month. And then you cover a couple more nights and you're going to cover the management fees and the maintenance fees. I mean, if you're in the right neighborhood, you have eight or nine nights a month rented. You're in a positive cash flow position. Someone else making uh, basically your mortgage payment on the house. You get to go in and use it whenever you'd like to. Maybe it's at Munns Park or, you know. I think that's the biggest key is, <clears throat> you know, they talk about real estate and uh, three basic rules is location, location, location. I think that even becomes more critical on a rental because there's a lot of neighborhoods you probably couldn't get that rented out for (laughs) three or four nights. And not saying it's a bad neighborhood, but if it's not at, you know, if somebody's going to have to be driving the whole time to do whatever they're here in town to do, Yeah. There, you know, not many short-term riddles in Whitman. No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you own a horse, right? Yeah. There's a, there's some horse well, setups long, out there. There's a lot of long-term winter, yeah, uh, equestrian uh, facilities, snowbirds that yeah. you know come down and stay for four, five, six, seven months. So there's, there's a lot of long-term, but again, that is very, <clears throat> very specific. If you're coming in for, you know, what, what do we got the. Uh, the big golf tournament coming up. What do they call it? Waste, Waste management, management. Phoenix Open. Yeah, that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> nobody's going to rent in Whitman to drive over to Phoenix Golf every single day back and forth. That's you're you're going to be looking in Jay's neighborhood. You're yeah, looking you in <clears throat> Carefree, you know, maybe Tempe. No one's going to want to come from Gilbert up to the Waste Management. Well, Jennifer and I have, have found one kind of southwest of uh, Humphreys Peak that I don't know the owner, but we've rented it a couple times and taken the grandkids, and it's got a beautiful view of of uh, Humphreys Peak and San Francisco uh, mountains and you know, a, a meadow, and I, I love it. We 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 have been there a couple times. Munns Park. It it's a little bit little bit west of that. West of that. Okay. Uh, let's let's bring the first caller in again. I'm inviting callers to give us stories about short term rentals. We're going to try and cover that. Uh, in a way, I I like short-term rentals. Me and Jennifer and I are big users of short-term rentals when we travel. Primarily, that's because of me being picky about what I eat. When I'm traveling for a week or eight or nine days, I'm not going to live on restaurant food three days a week for five days in a row. I'm just not going to do it. But I'll tell you a story later about a home we rented in Port Clinton, Ohio, where I left a lot of blood on the kitchen window. But right now, let's bring Italo. Is it Italo? Yeah. Italo. Yeah. Good morning. How's it going? Uh, it's Good going morning, well. Sir. What What can you share with us and our listeners about your 
history with a short-term rental. What's your story? Well, I we have three other uh, rental properties that are that do pretty well. They, uh, it is a lot of work, but I find that every time uh, a tenant moves out, I'm I'm having to dump like anywhere from fifteen to three grand um, uh, in repairs. You know, whether it's paint, the cleaning, uh, uh, et cetera, broken stuff. I had, you know, and it all depends on the neighborhood too. Now, are those are those long term rentals or short term rentals? Yeah, they're, they're long term. Okay. Long term, but then but then I have we just moved into a new community of like fifty one houses, and there's three three Airbnbs in in our community. When when the the uh, they were not supposed to be there, but somehow they're still there. But they're they're empty half the time. Like yeah, I probably see probably in one month about one weekend being rented out. But they don't give us problems, you know, because that seems like they're here for either a, a football game or uh, the monster trucks or Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> All right. Uh, other so, than that, I don't know how people make money, like being being in Glendale and, and Arizona now being flooded with Airbnbs, you know? Well, it is flooded. I actually was talking to someone who's kind of familiar with the industry, and, and um, we had a client that wanted to remodel a condo in Old Town Scottsdale under one condition. Rosie, I will give you this contract. This is like last summer. I'll give you this contract if you can have it done in time for the Super Bowl. Because well, the visitors I anticipate coming in for the Waste Management Open, for Barrett-Jackson, for Super Bowl, if you can finish this remodel, let's say by mid-December, um, I'll make back a, a good portion of my remodel investment before next summer. And they found out that the vacancy rate in Airbnbs and VRBOs in Maricopa County over that season was in excess of 35%. Well, vacancy. Um, I don't remember who played in the Super Bowl. Chiefs and somebody else. Eagles. Was it the Eagles? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if we just don't have that many people that were, or they don't have a fan base to bring it in, or I don't know. But... <clears throat> Do you remember how many different articles went up about how many vacant Airbnbs yeah. there were in Phoenix for the Super Bowl? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe it was just people getting greedy, quadrupling their price. Well, they were. They and were. pricing themselves out. So people were like, well, screw it. We're just going to go get yeah. a hotel instead. But, uh, you know, this one article is still up from Business Insider. Uh, talks about a manager of 95 Airbnbs. Over half his inventory was still open at the Super Bowl. I mean, you would think an event like that would would completely sell out. But I'll tell you, there's one thing that really creeps me out about Airbnbs. There was a guy arrested in St. Louis. He had like nine of them. He had video cameras hot, hidden in all of them. Oops. <laughs> Big oops. That's that's creepy. That's creepy. <laughs> We're talking short-term rentals. We're talking the the ups and the downs. The, uh, the advantages of them and what it means to you in, in property ownership and investment and what it means to you as being a neighbor to one. But one of the most important things, if I were buying a new house in a new community, boy, I would want to know if there were any in that neighborhood before I closed escrow. 
We don't often go into topics, legal topics. If you call the show, one 767 4348 we'd like to talk to you about your experience with short-term rentals, either as an owner or as, do we call them victims? <laughs> or a neighbor, a neighbor, a neighbor of a short-term rental. Be neighborly about it. But, but when you make that phone call, no, you're going to be talking to my wife. And we don't want you to start the conversation in a passionate rage about the one that's next door to you using language that we can't put on air, okay? But we'd love to hear your story. one 767 Give us your experience with short-term rentals. We've had a couple stories uh, so far about uh, living in neighborhoods with short-term rentals that sit empty most of the time, and they don't really create a problem. The Arizona legislature passed a Senate bill about a year ago, and it kind of, for 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 short-term rental owners, uh, it began to establish some rules of engagement. Okay, if you're going to own this home and you're going to rent it out as a short-term rental, we want you to register it as such. City of Scottsdale actually implemented a special, um, uh, I mean, they they took it just a step farther. They want you registering it. And they've also put a team together with the Scottsdale Police Department to do a bit of enforcement. Now, in my experience, in the conversations I've had, these enforcement teams are of the size. They can only be reactionary. They're not preemptive. So they're only engaged in complaints they're receiving. They're not really out there finding the homes that are being used for STRs that aren't being registered. You know, homeowners associations were looking for some teeth to limit the number of, or even completely eliminate the possibility of short-term rentals ending up in their neighborhood. And the, the Senate bill did not give anyone that much authority. A lot of people thought, gosh, this is just the very first tiniest step necessary to rein this in. So we're on, we're on treacherous ground here because we're talking about property rights for your home whether you're entitled to renting it or not. But like I say, the neighbor to that home has property rights as well. The uh, Arizona League of Cities is getting engaged. There's a, there's a group called Houses, Not Hotels. There's another group that's called Neighbors, Not Nightmares. So lots of neighborhood groups being uh, put together to put together some kind of behavior barriers on a short-term rental. We've got uh, Anna on line two that would like to talk about a positive experience as an STR owner, short-term rental owner. Anna, good morning. We appreciate you calling in and sharing your story with us. Good morning, Rosie. I'm happy to share my story. Great. I'm an 80-year-old 80-year-old woman who has owned rental property for 41 years in California, Colorado, and now three years in Arizona. Okay. 
it has always been long term. Sure. But I decided last year that I would try an Airbnb. Okay. I uh, I had uh, and I won't mention okay. the name of the company That's that came and took pictures and, and advertised for me. But I was the local manager because I live in one HOA and just ten minutes away. Okay. Where my Airbnb. That's at, convenient uh, for you. Anyway. Oh, I loved it. I want you to know that I met some of the nicest people all over the United States. And I had told the company that did the advertising that I did not want night to night. I said, I'm not even sure if I want one week at a time. I think I don't want anything less than two weeks. But they did some one week ones. And so I would have people checking out at 10 in the morning and other ones coming in at four in the afternoon. Oh boy. I have to get over there, change the sheets, the, you know, laundry, everything, get my cleaning ladies. So the weekly stuff was a nightmare, but you know what? The people I had, they were so kind and nice. They would take the sheets off of the bed and have them in the washing machine by the time I came over to check them out. And so it was a very positive experience. Well, I've got a question for you, Anna. You you didn't mention the management company or what what platform you've got it listed on. But they do they do any vetting of the prospective tenant, the short-term tenant? No. No, okay. they do not. Okay. But I I said I don't want any smokers, I don't want any pets. Okay. You, you can say what you do and do not want. Okay. So, so I made it very clear the parameters. But let me tell you the negative part. Okay. Was dealing real, with real quick. The oh, you know what? You know what, Miss Anna? I want to hear this, but we're going to have to go to bottom of our break. This is one break we can't move. Please hold. I want to come back and finish in the story with you. We've heard the positive of how it's helped you. You appreciate it and the people you're meeting as tenants. Let's hear Anna's downside, but it's going to be right after bottom of the hour news right here at Rosie on the House. We've got Carolina and David also on hold with their short-term rental stories after this. one 4348 That's one 4348 you to join the conversation talking about Short and long-term rentals today. We're joined with, uh, I believe it was Anne. It was Anne, yeah. Who has had rental properties in multiple states. Positive experience, uh, but she had one downside that we were just getting to as we went to the news break. So we're going to bring Anne back into the conversation before we get to Dave and Carolyn, also with their stories. Uh, tell us your, your downside. Uh, The downside was dealing with the admin people at the HOA who hate Airbnbs. (laughs) I said, why don't you vote them out then? But they treated me really badly because they have to do a little bit of work. I'm in a gated community. That means that I had to go in each time and, and tell them the name of the the guest. They had to show their driver's license and, no. So I actually moved last summer into this Airbnb so that I do not have to deal with the admin building people anymore. That That's all. <laughs> okay. So now are you airbnb another property outside of that particular HOA? 
Uh, yes. A okay. Different, uh, the, well, okay. the house that I moved from, and, yeah. and it's all 55 and up community. So, you know, okay. you're not going to have any uh, teenagers or, or you know, loud parties. And I made it very clear each time but because I had to, I met the people here. Each of my guests I met here, I made homemade chocolate chip cookies for them. Oh, uh, anyway. I love it. All right, Miss Anna, we appreciate the stories of the the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons. I have a good friend that owns his primary residence just off the courthouse square in Prescott. And he says, Rosie, I'm surrounded by short-term rentals. He says, I sit out on the front porch. I love it. I meet new neighbors every single weekend. It's a blast. Well, I think part of the issue uh, with with the short-term rentals is the only time you hear about them is when they make the news in a bad way. Yeah. You know, we had that incident in our neighborhood. Oh, boy, had, did we. Uh, big party, guns going off, um, 150 rounds, helicopters, you know, the whole bit. But... Um, I think regulation has come a long way. You know, there's there's a very specific way to do it. And just know if you're thinking about it, every single municipality has its own way of doing it. So, um, but, you know, you ask for phone calls for people calling about their bad experiences. You know what? Only good things have come through the phone. That's so I right. I want you to take those calls. Let, let's do it. Let's get to, um, I'm, I'm sorry, let's get to David next, calling from Phoenix. Good morning, David. And after this, we'll go to Carolina. Good morning. Hey, David. Where do you where do you stand I, Where do you stand on short term rentals, my friend? Well, I'm 100 percent for it as long as uh, you don't allow a property management company to take care of it for you. My wife oh. and I own a, own a VRBO rental. We've been doing it very successfully for eight years. Our occupancy rate is between 85 and 90 percent. Wow! And the biggest thing is the biggest thing is we do not use a management company, and we vet every client prior to allowing them to stay with us. We don't rent to the 20-somethings, very rarely to the 30-somethings. <laughs> and um, it's a successful business model because we are hands-on and we work it. We treat it as if it was our home, and we ex- it is our home, and we expect people to treat it as such. That's a, um, that's a, that's a part, yeah. that's a part time. You're describing a part time job, David. You're also describing a Rosie on the house <laughs> philosophy too. Yeah, Betting. Right, right. That's true. Yeah. So no guys, um, you know, if, if we could, you know, I guess there are some good management companies out there, but the management companies have given the STRs, the bad name, the investors who buy up blocks of houses and treat it as, uh, you know, uh, hotels for people to come in and out and they don't care as long as the bottom line gets shiny. Right, right. You know, those are the ones, those are the ones who've ruined it for everybody. And I, I, aside from the occasional dirty guest, um, we have had zero things. I mean, the occasional coffee cup gets broken, but that's to be expected. Yeah. Um, well, there's let only, me, there's Dave, only, David, let me ask you as a short term rental owner, is there a better platform to list it at, or do you list them on all the platforms? No, we only list it on VRBO. Okay. Um, because some of the some of the cancellation policies on the other platforms, all we we just I mean the guests could cancel the night before and get a hundred percent refund. Well, when we're booking a year, yeah, advance, true. We're yeah. already booking into 20, late into twenty four. If somebody cancels at the last minute. It's, you know, it's a high-end property that nobody's going to come in and, and, and grab up, okay. you know, seconds before. Well, good. Um, well, so, well, David, appreciate 
the and call. Really do. Go ahead, Romy. So you own a home, then this is your, then you own this home that you use as a VRBO. Is, is it just this one extra property that you're renting out? Yes, it is. We only have one. Um, because of the HOA restrictions, it's very difficult to do what we do, um, you know, purchasing in a, a nice neighborhood. We're in, we're in northwest Peoria. Um, and, you know, we've looked around. So you have to find a home that's in a good area that's not controlled by HOAs and, and talk to your neighbors. And that's the biggest thing. Every one of our neighbors, and we are registered, has our personal cell, our yeah. personal phone. They And, and <clears throat> they, they've gotten nothing but uh, kudos to us because they say, you know, they wish everybody's house on the block was taken <laughs> care of equally as okay. well as ours. Will this provide enough income for, for you to retire on and not have another uh, primary occupation? Uh, absolutely. We call it mailbox money, and it's supplemental. It's not for our retirement. We're in our mid-50s, um, and if we could get one or two more, which we are saving for, we're probably going to purchase one middle of next year for the same business model. Um, I'm going to be I'm going to be sitting pretty well collecting checks. Doing, that's awesome. That's that's a great story. I I love hearing the stories. And Jennifer was saying that she's only getting calls primarily from SDR owners that are having good stories to tell. The next call is from Wickenburg. We're going to talk to Miss Carolina. Miss Carolina, good morning. Good morning, Rosie. Yes. Tell us your short-term rental story. Yeah, so I'm outside the town of Wickenburg in unincorporated Maricopa County. I have a ranch. I have about a dozen Mustangs, and I have alpacas. And about seven years ago, a friend of mine talked me into doing Airbnb because I'm really an introvert person. I don't really like to deal with people. So okay. <laughs> it turned out to be great because I'm meeting all kinds of different people from other countries, and believe it or not, People come to me for their anniversary weekend from Scottsdale. Yeah. And because I'm an introvert, I have the policy that if they don't ask me to meet, I don't even show up. They just come, (laughs) they have a key lock, they get in, they do whatever they want, and then they leave. I'm only listed on Airbnb, and I have almost no restrictions. I allow dogs and cats. I don't vet people. Whoever comes, comes, and I've had in all these seven years and hundreds of people, maybe twice somebody that really didn't respect my personal property. But other than that, it's been great. All right. Well, we appreciate the call. Thank you very much. There are some fabulous places to stay in ranch properties in about and around Wickenburg, and yours sounds like just one of them. So some of the some of the things we wanted to talk about on this particular topic was the ownership benefits that it can do and we just heard uh, from David out in Peoria saying you know he gets one or two of these and he feels like that that's probably sufficient and he was talking about a vacancy at rate I think of 20 percent I mean he's full 80 percent of the time that's pretty incredible that he's actually using that Romy that was a great question to ask can it can it be retirement income what do you call it mailbox money uh just comes in the mail that's that's awesome. So I really thought when we opened this up for this topic, we'd be hearing people complaining about more regulations needed. And uh, we're not hearing that. Maybe that's just one of the sensational, uh, sensationalized topics that you hear about that 
maybe that don't exist quite as big as we think they are. I'm I love real estate. Um, I'm 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 a chicken when it comes to stocks and bonds and and all of that stuff because I don't understand them. I understand a mortgage payment. I understand maintenance. And I understand rent. <laughs> you know, it, it for for simple old Rosie, it makes a lot of sense. So um, we we hold some real estate in rental agreements that are long term rentals, but uh, I don't know if doing the research I've done here that I wouldn't be interested in maybe taking one or two. But again, there are there are things about it, and you know, Jennifer and I rented one at Port Clinton, Ohio. On the on the shore of the lake, it was about a block off the shore. There was Gary. There was a thirty-inch wide, double-hung uh, wood window from the twenties. The house was built in the twenties, and it was about six foot tall. So each pane was about thirty inches wide and thirty-six inches tall. So each pane weighed a hundred pounds, and it was jammed. And I wanted some fresh air. Do you remember this, Jennifer? And so, I didn't, but it's quickly coming back. So I was in the kitchen. <laughs> he was screaming like a little girl. <laughs> trying to free this double-hung window and get the bottom pane to lift up. And the top pane slid down Oops. like a guillotine, oh. caught both my hands. And I couldn't, they were too heavy for me to lift it back up. My son-in-law, who was on the third floor, thought a cat's tail got caught in the door. <laughs> I was screaming <laughs> like a little girl. Blood was pouring down this window, and I was literally stuck. So what's the first thing he does? He comes, and he assumes, oh, this window needs to be lifted up. And he starts lifting the wrong one. <laughs> so, so what did Rosie do? I left the blood right there and a note on the window. You should seal this window close. <laughs> Before your next tenant shows up. This, man, I almost lost eight fingers in that ordeal. The only thing that helped me was the next day we went fishing for walleye. and I got to sit in a boat and watch Jennifer catch walleye all day. And, and did you enjoy some of that fried walleye? Oh, yeah, we oh. did. Oh, yes, we did. That'll cure it. Let's see if we can, uh, can we jump on Jay or should we take a quick break? Jay, I'm going to ask you to hold one minute. We're going to go on a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk to Jay, who also owns some rental property he'd like to share his story. How does he do that? I love it. It's like you just made up the lyrics on the break. We're wrapping up an hour where we're talking about short-term rentals. And, you know, we're, uh, I've, I've lived in Scottsdale since the 60s. So it's a town I know the best. And I know City of Scottsdale at the end of this summer was having some special summit meetings, resolution committee meetings to kind of add some teeth to the short-term rental enforcement. They were looking to cap the total number of short-term rentals in their community. Oh, might be a good time to buy. <laughs> Soon as it's capped. <laughs> okay. They were trying to limit the density of short-term rentals in specified neighborhoods, establish separation requirements between short-term rentals, all things different cities are trying to do. I'd be surprised if Gary's neighborhood right in Old Town Scottsdale isn't full of them. Let's see if we can go to Jay in Phoenix. 
He writes for a bit longer. And then I want to talk to Linda, who actually has one of the stories I thought we'd hear more of. Jay, real quick, what's your story? Hey, I what I do is uh, we can't uh, have uh, Airbnb in our locations. I'm in South Scottsdale. And I, I rent out to uh, medical professionals, air, uh, airline pilots, and engineers. Uh, we do three months, uh, and that seems to work out best. Or I do a trade with somebody who wants to come to Scottsdale, and I need to go to New York. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. I love that. Love that philosophy. Jay, how do you yeah, vet? So- how do you vet those particular professions, or is the property just amenable to that situation? And uh, they're actually drawn to it. Well, because in, I'm in Scottsdale, uh, I'm five minutes from eight different hospitals. Okay. I'm five minutes from the airport. I'm five minutes from downtown Tempe and Scottsdale. Okay. And people love the location. And so they, they, and most of those professionals, they're working. They're not partying. Yeah. How, right. how far do you live from your rental? Uh, 10, 15 minutes. Okay. All right, Jay, appreciate the call. Let's see if we can get to Linda real quick before we run out of time this hour. Good morning, Linda. Hi. Um, I'm calling on behalf of a neighbor uh, that lives next door to a uh, B&B. Uh, it's been renting for about uh, a little little over six months. And uh, the owner lives in Seattle, and so it's under a uh, uh, maintenance Okay. Uh, person right anyway um it it's a it's a it's in a community that there's no homeowners association so there's no restrictions that they know of and um it it attracts it's a four-bedroom house it attracts young couples and use so there's usually at least four cars in the driveway wow and um and they they and it's been rented nearly 100 percent of the time since they started and they party all the time, and they they have a uh, it's a large backyard with a heated pool and a basketball court, and that basketball court is very irritating. Anyway, I just wanted to uh, share that viewpoint because they are dear neighbors, but they are planning on moving because they just can't tolerate their they've been in that house thirty years and expected to retire quietly. Amen. And and th- that that's what would drive me nuts. I mean, in my neighborhood, we had some good long-standing neighbors who were from um where's Dutch Brothers from? Seattle. Uh, I think what uh, what's the little town that they were founded in? But they lived in that little town and they owned this home and it was like a five-bedroom home. And when when our kids would come in, we'd rent that home next door, and we were always just walking distance from each other. We loved it. But the theme has been very consistent. People that have it and are making money are obviously very happy. It it would drive me nuts if I were – this is a true story. Doctor, surgeon from Omaha, buys a house in Paradise Valley. We are asked to come look at it, to look at a remodel. And before we can put an estimate together – for the remodel, he decides to sell it because he's been in it a week, and the house next door is one of these party houses, and he says, I'm not staying in this house. You know, the <laughs> last year, we uh, it's become very popular in Las Vegas to get an Airbnb when you're there for the, the NFR. You know, it's a 10-day event. That's right, a long right, time yeah. in, a, in a hotel, and I went to pick up one of my kids who went over to 
a friend's house who, you know, the family rented an Airbnb. I thought, man, if I was this person's neighbor, I would be it, so mad. I, they couldn't even get into their own home horse, next horse trailers because and everyone parked it. And this house was designed to maybe have eight people in it. There's probably 60. Sixty? Oh, I'd, I'd be so mad. Oh, that would that would. Probably, I mean, when Jennifer and I go down to the Saba Home Show in Tucson, our favorite place to stay is a little bed and breakfast, right? Not a bed and breakfast, but a VRBO right there in the Sam Hughes Historic District. That is a nice neighborhood. And, oh I'm, man, that this is the coolest little house. It's never my, have to worry about us partying after and, nine. <laughs> yeah, right. Are right. you sure well, about that? Positive. Unless the, stories. It depends on what time the game starts. Oh, that's Gen- true. Jennifer, it's eight fifteen. Can't you turn that light off? <laughs> We love that little house. All right, we get back. Open hour next hour right here at Rosie on the House.